Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's happening, everybody? It's another episode of Believe in Ravens with me, Kyrie Thompson, and him, Daniel Wilcox. What's going on, my man? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, man? What's up, Kyrie? I'm excited, man. Can't wait to get this show started. Yeah, I heard you had yourself a long day. I had a long yeah. day, too. But you know what? You know who had an even longer day? All Ooh. 32 NFL teams talking nonstop, trying to figure out if guys are moving departing to other teams or coming in to their squad ravens stood pat we're going to talk about that a little bit the team that they're playing this coming week the seattle seahawks did not stand pat they made themselves a move but first let's look back on this past week the ravens beat the arizona cardinals 31 24 we i i think i think you know, again, on paper, you expect the Ravens to, to win this game. They're a better team. Obviously, the Cardinals are, you know, one in six. Or is is that it right now? Or they're, no, they're, they're one in seven. One uh, seven. So they're one, they're one in seven. Um, so you expect the Ravens to beat a team like that. But again, they've shown <clears throat> at some points this year that you know, they, they you know, play down a little bit of the competition. But they took care of business. Cardinals were scrappy. They were tough, just as I predicted. But the Ravens got some things done, partly thanks to, <laughs> I mean, thank, thanks to the defense, obviously, taking mm-hmm. care of business. But <clears> also, <throat> our boy Lamar was in his bag again. He was. He was. I mean, I, I look at this game. I mean, you can look at the score. The score could kind of be misleading. And, and it looks like the, you know, the, the Cardinals played a better game than what they did. You know, they scored, I think, a bunch, like maybe 14 of those points in the fourth quarter. And, you know, you got to keep in mind, like, it's one of the hardest games. A hard game to win is a game where you jump out on somebody's early and then you try to keep the league and just hold the league and you try to play safe. And I feel like that's what the Ravens did. They just played safe the whole second half. They just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. They didn't – they weren't in their bag the way they could have been. And they probably could have dropped another 300 and some – 300 and some yards on that second half if they had just stayed in their bag and just kept calling plays. But and they did what you do when you get a league on somebody. You don't try to rub it in their face. You know, you you try to, you know, you run the clock out and you run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. That's the classy thing to do. So the Ravens did the classy thing to do versus, you know, like the Miami Dolphins where they dropped 70 on somebody. And, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I you could be you could look at it and be like, ah, we, we didn't play as well as we should have. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We, the coaches, the scheme, you know, in the second half had a lot to do with, you know, them not scoring as much as they should have. And Seattle, I mean, um, not Seattle, but the Cardinals just went at it, throwing it, you know, throwing the ball, trying to score, you know, no huddle, anything they could do yeah. to get points on the board fast, onside kicks, you know, he got one, missed one, um, you know. So, I mean, it's you, you look at that score, you like, I figured it was good. The Ravens were going to get like 28 points. I think I said 28 and Seattle 14. And that's Somewhere pretty much like what that, the game yeah. was. That's pretty much what the game was for the whole game. So, I mean, I'm. I'm I'm pleasantly pleased, even though we didn't. It wasn't a blowout the way you wanted to. I'm pleasantly pleased pleased with the way we played, and I understand the dynamics of the game from the coaching side. So I get what the coaching staff was trying to do, you know, by just running the ball and taking the time off the clock and not trying to run the score up on those guys. And then our guy Gus Edwards, three touchdowns, and and you know what? Again, I I think he. I feel like this running game 
And it's something we're going to talk about in a little bit. But Justice Hill and Gus Edwards have been really putting in some yeoman's work, man. Like, like they, they've been yeah. putting in ju- just like a professional effort since J.K. Dobbins went down. Obviously, that's your starter. And you know they, there have been injuries to the run game and what have you. But they just they, they grind it out, man. I have a lot of respect for the work that they've been putting in. And hey, man, I started Gus Edwards on my fantasy team. So thanks, Gus. Appreciate you, bro. No, that's uh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I raked. You know, that's four yeah, wins good. in a row. Good Thanks, stuff. bro. Appreciate you. Congrats, Kai. Congrats. Yeah, but I think you know. Again, the, the numbers aren't weren't crazy in this game for Lamar Jackson. It's 157 yards and one touchdown. Mm-hmm. But that one touchdown, the one touchdown that he had was this guy is like. I said he was in his bag. I mean, that right there is like, I don't know how many other dudes have the bag that, that this man has right now. And let, let me take you into this play, right? So Lamar Jags is down on the goal line. So the, the touchdown pass to Mark Andrews. So it's it's one of those kind of bread and butter plays that, that Baltimore has where, you know, you're in the red zone and Mark Andrews is, is you know, crossing you know running across the field sees zone coverage sits down mm-hmm. and he knows that he's going to sit down he's not going to drag all the way across and he starts to put his hand up for lamar jackson to see him lamar saw him early wanted to throw him the ball but he had a hand in his face right so it, I, mark andrews is kind of like getting really like oh man does he see me not only did he not only did lamar see him he <laughs> He kicks his left leg up and leans back like he's like like the reverse smooth criminal lean, like the like the reverse anti-gravity lean. That's funny. And flicks it around the defender to Mark Andrews for a touchdown. I what what is this man doing right now? Like I don't even understand. Like, how does it occur to you to throw the football like that? And just like, well, that that's that's the way that I I can see getting it. I, he's like, you're just trying stuff. <laughs> that's when you get comfortable, man. When you get comfortable, you go back to playing as as, as a kid would, as a child would. When you're playing, you know, at at the park with your your classmates and your high school friends and your you know the kids you grew up with in elementary and middle school. You know, when you start to get comfortable in this league and the game slows down for you, you can make those type of throws and those matrix type of moves to get the ball, to wrap the ball. They say, you know, how to, in the matrix, they say you wrap the, the bullet wraps around the corner. And that's kind of what the ball feels like. Sometimes when he make those type of throws, he throws, he slots, he goes sidearm and slings that ball around the defender and it curves around him and, and it finds the receiver some kind of way, man. But you know, him and Mark Andrews has an unspoken bond, man. It's just phenomenal. It's, it's, it's poetry in motion watch, watching those guys play together, man. He made some, great throws and some not so great throws throughout the entire game, you know, but the thing I think I like about the not so great throws, the receivers made up for it. Like there was one catch that Bateman came back and uh-huh. took the ball from the DB. It should have been a pick because Lamar underthrew yep. him. And he came back and Bateman fought for that ball and came up with it. And I, I love seeing that type of stuff, man. To me, he, he, he looked like a cornerback on that play. He did. It, he, it's he like did. that, that looked like that was destined to be an interception. Absolutely. And it, and it was picked he, already. He took it out of the guy's yeah. hand. And 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 look, we we've given the receiver some grief sometimes for the drops. You yeah, gotta give it. them. You gotta give them the credit when they make plays. That was one hell of a play 
by Rashad Bateman to make your quarterback look good. Because in, in the end, right, you're going mm-hmm. out there and, and, and catching passes, right? If you have a great quarterback, you know, that, that quarterback makes you look good most of the time. He elevates you. He gets you the ball right when you need it, gives you chances to run after the catch and, and you know, make let you do your thing. But every once in a while, you got to pay that man back. You know, if, if he if he puts the ball somewhere near, it's like, oh, man, you know, that that's maybe a little bit out of my reach or that's heading yeah. towards a defender. Sometimes you, you got to bail that man out. Sometimes he's going gonna to help bail you out. Right. Yeah, and you don't, and, you don't, you don't see Lamar make those type of throws very often where he, yeah. he's, you know, thrown off his back foot and don't have no juice on the ball at all. That ball just died as soon as he threw it. And yeah. the DB was in a much better position to catch it than the receiver. And the play that Bateman made was a hustle play. That's when you see a, like a Dennis Rodman runs and dives into the stands and grabs yeah. the ball and tosses it back in his teammate. That was that type of play. It was a hustle play by Bateman. I, I love seeing that man. And, to me, if we continue to do that type of stuff, then that's the type of stuff that's going to allow us to win as we get deep into the playoffs. Absolutely. And, and again, that that's just a sign of, you know, we talk about complementary football a lot, but usually we talk about it in terms of the defense making a play, right, mm-hmm. and, and helping out the offense, right, getting turnovers or, you know, what have you, which is obviously incredibly valuable. But this is a different kind of complementary football. This is you you helping out your quarterback. Or, you know, sometimes it's your quarterback in the run game. You know, if, if your running back cuts it back, the quarterback goes and throws a block, mm-hmm. right? Or yep. your or your wide receiver is mm-hmm. blocking in the run game. Or your offensive lineman running downfield to help out, right? It's it's these little things. And I feel that the Ravens are doing the little things that championship teams do, that real contending teams do in order to to win football games. And and yeah, they they got it done against the team that they should get it done against. They made life hard for Josh Dobbs. And you know, I think, you know, Dobbs again, that's a one-win Cardinals team, but I think up until a couple of weeks ago, people were very surprised at the way that Josh Dobbs had been playing so far this year. Even even looking right. pretty good, and I think he's been showing people some things that they weren't used to seeing out of him. And, and again, this is a guy you got to remember, I think he was a third-round pick, right? He's a really smart dude. He's you don't stick around as long as Josh Dobbs has and, and get as many opportunities as he has. And now he's with the Minnesota Vikings. He just got traded. You don't get those kinds of opportunities if you're not a very smart football player. And he's found ways to, I think, kind of surprise people if you underestimate him. But again, a team like the Ravens didn't underestimate him. They had a plan and they went out and they made life real tough on that man. Did you just say Josh Dobbs is with the Minnesota Vikings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just he just got traded. That's crazy. You talking yeah. about they say the NFL means not for long. This man was just starting for the Arizona Cardinals. Now he's a Viking. Man, that means he just has to if he's renting someplace right now, Kyrie. I've been through this. He's gonna yeah. have to break his lease. Yeah. He's gonna have to get somebody to pack up all this stuff. He's gonna have to get somebody to move all this stuff to Minnesota. And it's probably already snowing in Minnesota. It's probably already freezing. He, but he's coming from Arizona. Yeah. I don't want to go to Arizona, Martin. I don't want to go to Arizona. You know, like, coming from Arizona, that heat to that cold. Man, and, you know, if he got a wife, he got kids. I don't know if what, his, what his situation is at home. But if he got any kind of family that's living with him, they all got to pack up and move, too. You know, so it's that's so it's so crazy. You lose that money now. Like, that, that the money, you got to pay those next three months rent when you break that lease. And then you got to go pay a down payment on whatever else you're going to rent when you get to the next spot. 
You know, when he's been in Arizona yeah. for a while, man, and he played, he, I thought he played extremely well for the Cardinals. So it's kind of shocking to see they'll trade him for Minnesota. They must have got an awful lot for him. I think it, I think it was a pick swap. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think it was a pick swap. But I mean, the thing is, like, the Cardinals are bad, mm-hmm. and they've got no incentive really to try to be be that good. Though Kyler Murray's also going to be on his way back. Um, he could play as early as this week. And really, Dobbs, I think, was just kind of placeholding for him. And then, I mean, basically, they were saying, look, man, Josh Dobbs, he's not the starter right now. We're going to go with Clayton Toon, like our rookie, right? And I think, basically, they're just like, look, we don't have any incentive to win any more than we need to because if if they're bad enough, I mean, they're going to have a top – they're going to have a top five pick, and they might even have another top five pick because they own somebody else's top five pick. Um, That's crazy. I I think – yeah, and so they they could they could be really killing you know raking in the top ten of the draft here, um, and then the Vikings just lost lost Kirk Cousins for the season with the torn Achilles. So, mm. I mean, they need somebody because they're going to be starting what like a sixth or seventh round rookie in Jaron Hall. Who I mean, I I, I like you know I, I think that he's. You know, I, I liked him a bit more even than I thought I would coming out of BYU. I think he's got you know a little bit of you know, kind of developing pocket passer in his game. But again, guy who's literally not played any football before. And now you don't have Kirk Cousins. I mean, that is different when you got the rookie backing up Kirk Cousins, who's been in the league since 2012, right? Yeah, but yeah, but now you bring Josh Dobbs in and he don't know the offense. Yeah, but I think that's one of those situations where maybe, you know, Josh is going to learn the offense. Maybe it's not you know, completely foreign to stuff he's done before. Cause I mean, Dobbs has seen Dobbs has seen a little bit, you know, at this point. Yeah. So it, it might make it a little bit easier for him to pick it up and then, okay, Jaron Hall is going to start this week and maybe he'll start the next week after that. Maybe he'll start the next week after that. And Josh Dobbs going to go ahead and, and just be a backup and let the kid going to let the kid play. We'll see. But I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very interesting to see where, where, you know, that team is at with the Vikings now getting Josh Dobbs and what his role is going to be. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And I want to say, man, I want to say that Dobbs did a video on like TikTok or something like that. It might've been another NFL player, but somebody did a video earlier in the year. I thought it might've been Josh Dobbs about exactly what you were talking about. Like, yeah. uh, So when you get traded, uh, you just got to like hop on the next plane to where you're at and yep. you got to like sell you, you got to find a subletter for your apartment or break the lease on your apartment. You yep. got to uh, you know, sell your house or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And yep. you, you, just, like, pack, you just pack an overnight bag, basically, just with the essentials, phone charger, some clothes, you know, maybe maybe whatever toiletries you have. Maybe you'll just buy some toiletries at the airport or whatever it is like and, yep. and you just uproot your life. Yeah, you better in, hope in you got real luggage. You gotta hope yeah. you got real luggage. The, the, I would. This is when you need your analytics guys. We need our, we need some analytics guys right now to kind of go through and do a, a research on Josh Dobbs to see who his coaches were, every team he's been on, how long he's been in the league, whether or not the the Vikings offense is an offense that he's already learned already, and they're going to get him because he's already been in that offense, so he pretty much knows it already. Because you don't you you go get somebody like him. You want him to come in and play right away for you. You don't want him to come in and have to sit out a month to learn the offense. 
you know, two, three weeks to learn the offense. You need him to come in and play for you right away. And he can't do that if you don't know this offense. Most likely, the OC has already worked with, you know, Josh at some point, or the OC came from a coaching lineage that Josh has already been around and been with already that coached the same offense or taught the same offense. You know, this is, you know, learning the offense is like learning a foreign language. It's extremely, it's extremely hard. It's not easy. You know, so I would love to see how fast he's able to pick this stuff up. Man, he is a smart guy. He was a scholar guy coming out of oh, yeah. out of high school here. If I remember correctly, he went to Alpharetta High School here in Atlanta. I mean, here up in Alpharetta, Georgia. And then I knew he went to Tennessee, and he was extremely smart at Tennessee as well. You know, he was a scholar athlete there as well. So, oh yeah, um, he's a, he's definitely a smart guy, and he should be able to pick up this offense, you know, fairly quick. But it's not it's not a uh, NFL offense is not an easy offense to learn. He's gonna have to put some major hours in studying and you know around the clock type stuff to try to get this thing down pat. Definitely, I will point something out. Last note on Josh Dobbs before, and then I want to talk about some other trade stuff more relevant to the Ravens, but. Um, the offensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Drew Pet Drew Petzing, he mm-hmm. had been with the Vikings for let's see here six seasons. So, and, and again, this, this is kind of a new staff, um, and and kind of a new way of doing things. But I imagine there was probably a time where he was there working with Gary Kubiak or something like that. Or, you know, one of these guys that ran a similar scheme, Kevin McConnell kind of comes from that lineage. So Mm -hmm. I think that there's I think that he'll probably land a little bit softer than you might expect, or at least that that, that's what I hope. I I hope good things for Josh Dobbs. But I want to ask you um, a couple of things more related to the Ravens. As as, you know, Ravens fans probably know and maybe be, be lamenting the Ravens didn't make any big moves at the trade deadline there was some yeah. smoke especially around some running backs that right. that could have been possible um i heard some positive things about derrick henry potentially being on on the docket as somebody who could go to the ravens but that you know the titans owner wasn't feeling it i heard some things you know me kind of unverifiable unver- i don't really know how true they were about yeah sniffing around Josh Jacobs because the Raiders are terrible and and I don't know that they want to be hanging on to Josh Jacobs, but obviously that didn't happen. Don't ask you, are you disappointed that the Ravens didn't make a move? And if they hadn't made a move, what do you wish it had been? That's a great question. Um, I'm not disappointed because I believe in what Eric DaCosta is doing. I love what Ozzie Newsome has always done. Um, and Eric DaCosta, of course, is from that lineage of Ozzie Newsome. But Eric is doing everything he can to use his brain to the maximum capacity to bring in the right type of players. And one thing the Ravens do is they kind of they, they they not like most teams. Where they just go out and, and and grab guys and bring guys in. Raven, the Ravens actually they, they're more of a casting type thing a casting type team where they're casting for players. So it's almost like putting together a movie that, you know, that player has to be a great fit for that role that they're looking for. And they're always looking for everything. They're not just looking at how big he is or how fast he is or how athletic he is. It's also about the personality traits. Will he be, will he fit in our locker room amongst the rest of these guys? So they do some serious thought before they go out and just grab a guy and bring him in to try to be a Raven. Does he fit with a Raven a typical Raven would be. And now one guy that I thought I was excited about the Derrick Henry thing, because I felt like he fits our mold. He fits our scheme. You know, Ozzie 
you know, I remember Ozzy, um, you know, he's deep in that Alabama lineage, lineage you know, oh, yeah. you know, his, his godson was one of my teammates, Terry Jones, you know, so the Alabama guys are always great guys that fit into a Raven scheme. And I thought Derrick Henry would have been a great physical, you know, dominating, scary fit for us. You know, you know, we already a dangerous offense. Gus and, and Justice Hill's been doing a phenomenal job. And they're going to continue to do that all year, you know, but bringing in somebody else like a Derrick Henry to have that guy in your backfield with Lamar Jackson, with OBJ, you know, with Zay Flowers, with DuVernay, with Rashad Bateman, with Nelson Aguilar, and the offensive line, you know, is, is starting to come together all around, man. I, I think that would have been a heck of a trade for us. And I'm, I can't say that I'm disappointed, but I am a little disappointed that we, we weren't able to grab that. But at the same time, you know, I respect every single thing that Eric has done. He only had me scratching my head one time, and that was this summer when we were waiting on Lamar deal and trying to yeah. figure that whole Lamar Jackson deal out, and everybody was freaking out and thinking Lamar not coming back to Baltimore. And I was like, Eric, we dropped the ball on this one, like, dog. I was like, what's, what's going on? You know, but at this point, man, like, we have a really a really dope team right now. Like, we yes. really don't need anybody else. We can take these guys that we have right now and go win the Super Bowl with them. We just have to figure out all the kinks make sure all the personalities are in sync with each other and the coaches are on board with the players and the players are on board with the coaches and everybody believes and everybody buys in. And then we'll be right back to that year where they was talking about big trust, you know, mm -hmm. big trust all over again, you know, with Mark Ingram and all those guys. So once you get everybody's in sync and on the same page, that's the type of stuff that starts to show up and rear its head where everybody's locked in, everybody talking about big trust. And, and we all, we all here really trying to do big things. You know, Baltimore is one of those cities where you really develop the mindset of the city. You know, the city is just such a special place. Charm city is such a crazy, crazy place to play and live. And, and it's such a fun place to be around and the fans are absolutely amazing. So I, I wish, I wish Derrick Henry could have been a Raven, you know, but yeah. what's meant to be is meant to be. And I'm I'm super happy with the running backs we have. No, they're not the biggest names in the world, but they're dogs. Both of them are dogs, and they're going to go get it done when you put the ball in their hands. And I think that's, that's the big point here. The Ravens did not have to make a move in order to be a Super Bowl contender. I think they're a Super right. Bowl contender now, right? And, and again, especially when you're talking about running backs, which – you got to have a good running game, especially when, when it comes down to wintertime. It gets cold outside and it's playoff football. You got to be able to run the football. That part is true. Would it have been amazing to see Derrick Henry as a Baltimore Raven, have him and Lamar Jackson in the same backfield? Hell yes. That would have been awesome. That would have been terrifying for the rest of the league. God help all of you. Right. Yeah, but do they have to do that? No, they don't. And I yeah. think in the end, as you're talking about, right, Eric DaCosta basically saying, look, we're not going to compromise what we've got right now and compromise, you know, draft picks for the future and, 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 and the assets that we have when we know that we can get by with the running backs we've got as long as we got Lamar, as long as we keep him upright with the with the offensive line we've got. And as long as we as we keep these receivers up and going. I think that if there had been any move that maybe they could have made, it might have been on the other side of the ball, on the defensive on side of the ball. Yeah, maybe. And and I and I it think one defense in the league right now. How do you mess that up though, Kyrie? I'm not even saying mess it up, but I'm saying if you wanted to potentially beef it up. And, and the saying, move how that I beef up the number one defense in the league. 
if you if you had gotten the pat a little bit more pass rush and the pass rush been fine. I'm not even saying the pass rush been Man, bad. Did you see the play that Owe had where he missed a sack like 20 yards downfield? He went back, had the quarterback wrapped up, and he somehow yep. he spun out and got out and threw the ball downfield for like a 30 yard completion. Yeah, I don't think I mean, we need look, pass rush. I think we need to make tackles. Well, you know. Some guys, you know, get another guy might help you make a tackle. I mean, the thing is, like, I, I don't think their pass rush is bad. You know, right. I think they've been better than I expected, right? And I, I mean, think we've that been a ton of pressure. We're just not, we're just not finishing. Like, finish yeah, this freaking play. And you, and you yeah. know, you know, you know how I was about my guy Clowney, right? Man, he, how, he, he's the main one. He's probably got. <laughs> 50 pressures and seven sacks <laughs> or five sacks or something like that. And you know, With 50 what, pressures. You know what kills me too? His every time I watch, that number screws me up. Where you, I, I, I see this man running around at number 24. Like, this is the biggest ass safety. I think that's the problem. I, this is the biggest ass safety I've ever yeah. seen in my life. What is this dude doing, busting up the line of scrimmage and like, you know, on the ground by the quarterback so quickly. Like, yeah. why Why is he up there? And it's like, oh, that's... I think that's the problem. problem. Maybe it's the jersey number. He need to change his number. I think he needs to get himself a real... It must, it must not be no more single digits. Maybe, maybe that's he, what he, he needs to figure out. He needs to figure out where he at, you know, on because you know, that's the thing. I can't remember. I think he was, I think he was number zero back in college, but Roquan's got number zero. So you got, yeah. you got to let Roquan, you got to let Roquan, you know, right. rock with that. You can't take that away. Um, I think that might have been the only thing I would have done. But again, like you were saying, even if you could have potentially been like, okay, let's make let's get the rich even richer and let's get like Montez Sweat from the commanders because they sent Montez Sweat to the Bears or Chase Young. You wanted to go ahead and get Chase Young from the commanders and get him. I mean, those are second and third round picks that mm -hmm. the commanders got back for those guys. Right. Should the Ravens have given up a second or third round pick? No, they don't they don't got to do that. Like it's not it's not worth it, right? Yeah. I mean, especially given how they've performed so far. So, ultimately, would it have been nice? Sure. But was it necessary? No. And I think that's that's the part about being a smart general manager and and keeping and keeping perspective and not panicking and not acting like you've got to do something. That's the part that I think fans have a tough time with because you just you just see like oh yeah hell yeah i want to get a big name i want to see us add something i want to see us right. do something but when you're that yeah. team you don't need to do stuff yeah you you're right 100 percent. i i would like to see chase young too I, I i think he would be a great fit for our for our defense i think he'll look good in a purple uniform um i i don't know who you give up to get him you know and you gotta you definitely gotta give up one of your young rushers because you got to replace the they, you give they give you a rusher you got to give them back a rusher, and then you got to give up a young guy that may be valuable to to you, that Washington knows that that young guy you know could be very good, but I don't know who you you got to give up two guys to get them. I wouldn't give up a draft pick for him, but I would definitely, you know, give up a, maybe one of our edge rushers to replace him with, so they got another edge rusher that they could develop, and get better that could turn into a heck of a pass rusher for them, you know. But then that make you sick to your stomach three years from now when that guy is leading the league in freaking sacks, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, <laughs> eventually those guys are, are going to get the quarterbacks on the ground. And when they do, I mean, this is going to be a, this is going to be a ridiculous defense. Like you when, sound like me, that's how I feel. It's yeah. coming. <laughs> it's it, coming though. They're, they're due. They're due, man. And, and again, I, and, and, and the thing with Chase Young too, is that 
incredible talent, high upside, just came off a really horrible knee injury. And he's get, he's, he's getting back. He's coming back. But mm-hmm. it sounds like teams are, are a little skittish on that knee, and they're not willing to give up big capital and extend him long term. They want to see if he can stay healthy. And, and, and I don't blame him for that. And again, right. Montez Sweat is a guy that is an A-plus run defender. Like, he's like the third highest graded run defender in football. He's an okay pass rusher, right? So yeah, is that a guy, do you want to give up a second round pick for that? When, nope. With your defense looking as it is? No, no, you're not going to do that. So it, if it, it was it, T-Sweat, it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, look, I'm Make I'm it last level. <laughs> I'm old enough to get that reference. Okay. I'm old enough to appreciate you <laughs> on, on that one. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube